Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to a Brownlow edition of the Crowcast. I forgot what that bloody name was. It's been that long. Uh, it's been uh, a few weeks since we've joined each other on this cast, and uh, I've missed you terribly. But it's great to be here on Monday night, uh, Brownlow Light, obviously, uh, kicking off the grand final week, and uh, lots to talk about. Lots, a few things been going on with the Crows as well. And uh, joining me, of course, to discuss all of this is my partner in crime, Macca. How are you, sir? Probably very, very well indeed, sir. Yep, now, mate. Had a very, very, very nice uh, feed of whiting for tea and uh, feeling good. No one actually asked you about that. People might notice that uh, we're lacking a few graphics here. <laughs> Um, yeah, one of my hard drives died when I went to boot it up. So I'm going to try and find another graphic while we're just chatting away. How you been, mate? Yeah, look, um, I've had my recent uh, test uh, about a week ago, and yeah. I'm still in, remi- in remission, so uh, oh, all good. good. Stuff. Beautiful well, stuff. I'm, I'm planning to live for another hundred years, mate. I'd... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we can only hope. Well, that's all you can do. We can only hope. Uh, no, that didn't work. People might have to put up with a black background tonight. <laughs> what we might actually do is put the... Uh, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't we just do this? We can actually, like, on the fly, we can just, like... We'll just do this. Did you go to the SNFL Grand Final, Mac? No. Honestly, I have to say, uh, I watched it. I watched yeah. it. But every year, my interest in it just fades just that little bit more. And oh, no, I thought it was good. No, look, I'm not saying the game wasn't good, um, but um, I don't know. It's just you know you, you watch it all year at a certain level, yeah. And then when you watch, then you go back and you you don't watch SAFL. Well, I don't until it's finals time, mm. and the the drop off is really noticeable. Oh, look, mate, I actually. Um... I went. Uh, obviously, I'm a Sturt supporter, so I was disappointed with the outcome. Um, but um, I actually found it quite enjoyable, to be honest with you. I will say if it would be a West Tyler, I, I would go. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, no interest. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the base played really well. Um, oh, I think it was a given they were going to win it, mate. Well, I mean, after seeing them pretty much put Adelaide Crows away uh, in the um, in the in the uh, no yeah yeah they put Adelaide away in the semi didn't they I, I can't remember bloody hell I've yeah whatever it was I, yeah. I watched them I watched them a couple of weeks prior and I thought oh they're pretty bloody strong pretty bloody strong and it turned out that way uh, they were too too big too strong for Adelaide and. Uh, they never really Adelaide were uh, sorry Sturt were never at God how am I going Mac Sturt were never really able to um, to get into the game they were, didn't have any composure um, you know it was uh, it was pretty one sided but I was lucky enough to uh, be invited into a corporate box so uh, I wasn't terribly unhappy 
Oh, you'd probably go for a corporate box, mate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, plenty of that was going on. Uh, there we go. So I've I've manufactured something on the fly while we've been crapping on Mac, um, and uh, it's the uh, tracker. Um, and uh, Christian Petrarca in front at the moment, mate. Fifteen votes. Yeah, look, yeah, you also got to poll quite a few towards the end of the year because when Oliver was injured, um, you know, he racked up quite a few threes. He could be a bit of a surprise here. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. He's going, to, he's going to whack out some threes towards the end. Yeah, possibly. I don't know, Mac. I'm uh, not quite as convinced as you, but you never know. Funny yeah, things that happen. I think there's only to me there's only three that can possibly win it logically, mm. um, and you know that obviously Day Cost, obviously Bond and Pelly, um, and uh, what's that? Oh, the one we just talking about Petrarca. Yeah. Um, you know, Lockie Neal's going to he's going to uh, rustle up quite a few votes, but I don't think he'll get enough to win it. Um, um, you know, Dacos I don't think. Nick Dacos is sitting there on 13. I think he's going to be the one. He doesn't break the book. He's got no votes uh, for the last four, four rounds, so he can't get any last yeah. four rounds. I know. What round are we up to? Doesn't tell me on the tracker. Damn if I know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Round eight by the looks of it. I've been so lost. I've had so many bloody ads and diversions. I've lost count of where we're up. Well, to. you know that's why we put this together. The, the Brownlow count is as boring as batshit, in my opinion. <laughs> and we only really give a damn about who's winning. Um, so um, yeah, oh, what's going on here? I've just had to refresh that. Uh, there we go, Petrarca. There we are. Um, so yeah, so while that's all going on. Been a little bit going around uh, around the traps uh, trade wise, Maka. Have you heard anything in particular? Well, the, our main one so far that we that have been open, we've failed with. Um, mm. You know, obviously the the Sydney lad is a very good lad. He would have he would have fitted very nicely into our side. Which one's that? Um, Haywood. Um, Haywood. Yeah, he would have been. He would have fitted beautifully into our side. Haywood is. He's a. Uh, a very very talented footballer. He can he also can substitute in the in the mids there for a while as well, and he's a pretty good size as well. So, yeah, we were we were pretty keen to get him, and he would have been very good. Uh, there were we were sniffing around at Cox down at Freo, but that's gone as well. Uh, were um, we though? I don't know whether we were. Well, put it this way, I think perhaps more supporters were than probably than the club. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. I of, think so. There's a lot. There's a lot of talk about it, but but I never ever saw much from the club. No. Uh, yeah. You know, and the bloke from Essendon, well, he would have been good for us, but... Um, he was never coming. I keep telling you that. He was never coming. Yeah, you Redmond did say was that. never coming. You said that from the word go, and you were proven to be correct. Yeah. Um, little bit, A little bit of weird, weird talk about us being in play for uh, Gold Coast pick four. I, I, no, I think that... I don't think that's weird. I think that's factual. I think that um, for us to be even talking about taking Shoal onto our books, we're talking about pick four. Mm. It's an we're interesting one because it's it's not a not it's it's probably a salary dump situation. 
Absolutely. Um, because and, you, you, what are you mean, I could put you out there and you'd play with more intensity. You mightn't be as talented, but you'd play with more intensity than him. He's uh, He's got a lot of talent, but he's just so casual. He just doesn't give 100%. And uh, not the type of player that I think is going to fit into our side at all. But I think that um, we're prepared to sort of, if you like, have a dead contract if we could get hold of pick four. Because, you know, the two Tasmanian, two young Tasmanian midfielders, one of them at least will be available at pick four, and they both of them are quality. Mm. Yeah, I just, I'm not quite sure how I see it getting done. Oh, well, you know, no, it's pretty easy. We, we would we would give them pick nine plus, um, first of all, yeah, due day's going, and that's in my, I am dead set sure due day's going. And, oh um, yeah, no he, doubt about that. And it's quit. And, and I am pleased to see that Sydney's a new starter in the, in, in the chase, and I'm pleased to see that Collingwood are in the chase because that does bump up the price. Yeah. And we'll get a we'll get a good second rounder for him. Uh, so, and we've got already got two second rounders. So, you know. So, what do you reckon? Band band three for today, which is um, uh, what's that? End of second round. Band um, three. Oh, no, band three. That's uh, end of band no, one is. Band two. I reckon band three. Same as Crouch. I reckon. Yeah, if he gets the same as Crouch, we'll be happy with that, and uh, and that will give us three very good uh, second round picks to go along with our pick one. And the, usually, uh, you've got to give at least a fifty percent uh, margin, or maybe even a bit above, if you're going to get a pick four. So that's worth about two thousand points, and I looked at we can easily muster up three thousand points if we went even that far, yeah. And still have and still have a pick left over. So um, I, I think that if we can't get a ready-made player in the draft, we must get one of those two midfielders, and, and that's why I think we are going very very hard for that pick four. Now, yeah, well, um, I mean, we we won't be the only ones, that's for sure. Oh no, I know they're coming from all directions, but I reckon we've got the we've got the best range until this handout to North Melbourne. Yeah, that's the worry. Um, you know, have they have they finalised their their um, their charity to North yet? Have that is that all been finalised? I know they've put that lad on yeah. the bloody NGA list for them. Yeah, they, they, what they're getting this they're getting. Um, uh, end of round, uh, first round pick. So if in theory pick nineteen, but that'll blow out. But in mm. theory pick nineteen. Mm. Plus they're going to they're allowed to have two extra rookies, and uh, next year they go to get two end of first round picks. Are you serious? No, I'm serious. And on top of that, it says to be reviewed. In other then words, it's to be, be theoretical. In theory, if they were to go really well, they might not get them. But, but, how can you say to be reviewed and yet they're allowed to trade them this year? Oh, my God. Seriously. Look, the AFL is a disaster. They weren't interested. When Adelaide were at the bottom and we were, we were rubbish for a couple of years there, not even a thought of giving us a crumb. Not a thought. And look at West Coast. But West Coast, he- bottom... But hang on, Racket. North didn't even finish bottom. No, they didn't. They didn't finish bottom. They didn't even finish and, bottom. What the hell they, is I, going on? 
And they played some excellent games where they just faded out in the last quarter as well. They weren't absolutely... Now, they didn't win a lot of games, that's true, but they um, uh, they did play some very competitive games which they ended up losing. Um, you know, when you consider the disruptions they had with the coach and all that sort of business, mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, you've got to take that into account as well for their performance. And uh, So really, it's a... A, ch a real charity situation. That's the disgusting, now, okay. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see who this, um, whoever's made this decision, who they bloody barrack for. I mean, it's just, I can't believe that you can actually give them virtually three end-of-rounders, first end-of-first rounders this year because you're giving them one definite and two to be reviewed next year, but you can trade them this year. That's three. I mean that's just dead. That's just dead set cheating. Well, of course it is. That's why that, that that's the strongest charity package anyone any club's ever had, isn't it? Uh, I can't yeah, think yeah. Of a stronger one. No, no, nobody's ever had th had uh, three first rounders. No. Yeah, and as Matt points out in the check, they're going to get a they're going to get a highly inflated compensation pick for McKay. Highly inflated. There, there is no way in a in a it, that like I he is on the same level in my opinion as Duday in terms of what they should be getting as compensation, and yet they'll get a first rounder for him. Well, at their best, I don't think he was as good as Duday. Oh shit, no. But he's but he's a big tall big tall lad. So there's a bit of that. So I I can understand a band three or a band four, but. They'll, they'll give him a freaking band one the way it's going. Well, it, also, it depends what they do with the contract. You know, for example, um, it is rigged because you, you, you take Danaher, for example. He got seven at that time, 750 over three years, which at the end of the first year it was then smoothed over five years. Yeah. So, um, you know, we should have done the same thing with. Somehow, you unbelievable. Know, unbelievable. Um, just well, uh, just a note on the ticker: Geordie Dawson's up to uh, equal third. Um, just polling a couple of best ons there. So uh, we got Lockie Neal on seventeen, Petrarca on sixteen, Dacos Dawson Anderson on thirteen. Anderson, uh, a bit of a surprise, but that's probably well deserved. Bontempelli, uh, a little bit lower than I expected, but he'll come home like a train. Bontempelli, wouldn't it, Winey? Yeah, he's he's got some biggies coming up in the last half of the of the of the season. Probably the last six to eight games, he played some absolute rippers. He's got I reckon yeah. he's got at least he's six probably uh, six best to come. So yeah. that's gonna. I reckon you're right, Mac. I reckon he could come from the clouds. Um, Lockie Neal, I think, tailed off in the back half of the year from uh, probably the last three or four games. Um. So he might be uh, he might be vulnerable. Petrarca obviously is still vulnerable, uh, polling well. Yeah, um, but is not play, uh, polling as well as people thought. But then if you look back to last year, he played pretty well last year, and he only got I think he only got one vote last year. He he, he will do better in in the second, you know as it goes on. But he also had the uh, patch there where he was injured and didn't play a game. So yeah. I think you could rule him, rule him out already as a chance for the for the medal. Definitely. Yeah, not. I think I think so. I think so. So anyway, back to uh, back to our situation. Um, 
Now, there was another player that was being talked about. Uh, Haywood, we've yeah. covered. Yeah, um, there's a couple. There, there's another couple. Um, Burgess, that's the one. Burgess, yeah. Look, never, never, uh, never really been a fan of Burgess. Um, he's tall. You say that for him. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think he has played at both end of in both end of the uh, uh, the grounds though. Um, I know he's playing as as a forward, but I think he has played in, in defence. I might I may be wrong, and I'll be corrected out there if I am wrong. But I think, mm. but I vaguely remember him playing. Um, but no star. I, but I think probably we're looking. If we do pick up something like a Burgess, it'll be uh, more in desperation and to have a good size reserve. Put it that way. Yeah, um, bit of talk about Elliot Himmelberg going back to join his brother at GWS. Um, so uh, obviously that'll leave us a little bit short on on tall options, Mac. Tall backup. Um, it looks like they'll probably keep Strawn on. Uh, still, we've done our delistings. Our delistings from memory were um, yeah, yeah, tell you those. Yeah, they were Hately, Brown, Newchurch, and McPherson. Yep. Um, and there's only three uncontracted players at the moment. That's McAdam, and he's going to Melbourne. Yep. So there's got to be, got to be a trade there as well. Yep. Dude, uh, uh, uncontracted, um, and I think we'll leave. And yep. Borlase. His situation will depend on what the other trade brings. He's, uh, he's, he's. In other words, if we actually can bring in other players, Borlase won't get a contract. Um, yeah, as they say, he's a pretty water for the moment. So he, uh, he'll go as a delisted free, a delisted free agent. I would have thought. I don't reckon there's a trade there. Oh no no no! We're not talking about no no. It's, uh, we're talking about trading him. He's sitting there waiting to see whether we give him a contract or not. If we don't bring in enough players to fill our squad on or, or and the mm. draft picks etc., mm. if there's a spare spot, then he'll get a contract. If there's no spare spots, allowing for who we either bring in or what draft picks we want to use, he's gone. Mm. So he's, he's in a bit of a, a hold pattern at the moment. So um, look. He had a great debut and a shocking second game, so he was a bit of both. But he's, I think he's just a little bit too slow for AFL footy, but um, again, it could be, uh, as I said, it would depend on the circumstances of who we get, if anybody, and uh, how many draft picks we want to use. Yeah, look, I think we know his limitations, and that's fair enough. Um, I think... Um... You know, he's a he's a he's a very good SANFL player. I don't think he's necessarily an AFL player, but um probably there's a list there that could do with some sort of backup. Um but uh, yeah. Um uh Shane uh, McAdams the interesting one. I I had every understanding that he was gonna go back to WA and for him to go to Melbourne, I can understand why Melbourne won him after their uh, finals efforts. Um, yeah. But um, I'm surprised he wants to go there. I guess it's a premiership shot. It is interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, I, I don't know if he was ever around when Goodman was around. Um, I don't think he was. Um, no, but, no, no, uh, no, no, no. So no. Uh, no, I mean when, when the Goodman before Goodman was appointed Melbourne coach. 
Uh, he might have been hanging around the club, but I don't think there's any real connection there. So I think it's uh, because of their uh, finals performance, they, they, in spite of all the talent they've got in there, they didn't perform all that well in the finals and uh, in terms of their forward line. Their forward line was really what cost them winning the premiership. Yeah, 100%. And they relied terribly on Bailey Fritch um, and uh, they just need someone a little bit more dynamic. What are you doing with your bloody remote? Oh, the, oh the, this fucking thing, pardon my language. Hey, jeez, come on. This, Google Assistant keep coming up all the bloody time when I don't, when I don't, when I don't want it. <laughs> oh, Macca, nothing's changed. Um, yeah, so um, what do you reckon for, for McAdam? I, like, they obviously want him, um, so he's not contracted, so we don't have a huge amount of leverage. I reckon um, any anything probably around about what have Melbourne got? Anything around about thirty is probably fair. They've got well, they've got something around about the late twenties. Uh, that bloody Google Assistant's come up there again, mate. I'm trying to watch the damn well, bloody brown lines in the background. I can't hear it, so you just ignore it, mate, because we got a show to do. Sorry. Yeah, my poor old missus trying to watch it. Well, give the remote to your poor old missus. Get yourself organised. <laughs> Mate, you can't, you can't I even fucking operate a remote. Oh, stop with the language. Bloody hell. Sorry about that. God, Jesus. Okay. Um, so, McAdam, uh, Melbourne has uh, 26, I think. Something like that. Oh, that's they probably reasonable. Late, they have got a, they've got a late 20 yet. Yeah, I think that's probably... Um, I don't think that... I don't think that will actually um, be too hard to get done. I, I can see that getting done pretty quickly. Um, the only thing will be if is if they try to um, work some other trades into it. But uh, I think it's a pretty, it's pretty much a, a straight straight pick. Yeah. Um, so really, uh, of the other D listees, I don't think there can be anyone with any complaints. Tyler Brown had a good solid SANFL season, but uh, that's not what he was brought in for. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what they saw in him, Mac. To be honest with you, um, he actually had one good game last year for, for Collingwood, um, which he was a big body midfielder, and he had one which I thought was a breakout game for him, where he had, I think, about 23 disposals or something like that for him. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, they probably thought they could improve him. But, uh, and he did play in the, around one, but he wasn't... He he didn't get... He didn't really improve. In other words, we, we didn't improve him. He just stayed at the, the level that he was delisted at. Yeah, which is the level he was at Collingwood, really. Yeah. Not his fault, it's just how it is. No, 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 just how it is. Um, can you see... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Elliot going up to GWS. I can see that happening. I think he will, but it's a question of what do you think we'll get back for it, Fane? I mean, it depends on what you, we would like and what they're prepared to pay. Um, Elliot... I don't care what anyone says. Elliot had a very, very, very good second half of the season in the SNFL. A very, very good back half of the season. He's a he tall bloke and he's contracted. 
Well, yes. Well, that, actually, the contracted part probably adds a little bit too. Absolutely, that might, does. That might even squeeze a second round of that. By, I think. Uh, I don't. I that. think anything less than a second rounder for Elliot is a loss for us. So, we come back to again what we might hold. We've got uh, picks nine, twenty, twenty-three, and forty-eight at the moment. Mm-hmm. If we get in a couple of picks around about the high 20s, 30 mark. Uh, that means we would be holding first round pick and four second round picks, which is pretty good stuff, and, and, and pick 48. Now, there's, there's, we're not going to take that many players in the draft, so obviously we're going to do something with the extra uh, draft picks, whether that is to for a trade for a player or whether it was a trade for a pick. Yeah, one we'd... of the two. Well, certainly over the last couple of seasons, we've had a, a player in mind. Um, obviously, if the troll thing is a thing, then uh, you know there's going to need to be some some uh, some picks involved in that. Obviously, so um, because the draft itself is uh, touted to be fairly weak, um, you know, nothing past about seven or eight that you really want to get it too excited about um, this season. Um, I mean, they say that often, and there's always gems down the down the middle of the draft. But in terms of top end talent, there's probably only four or five that everyone's really keen on. And um, you know, to be able to get into that top four would be amazing from our from our start of the of the period uh, position, which was pretty soft, really. I think. This is a situation very similar to what Port Adelaide found themselves in when they did when they did so well to get Rosie and Butters. I'd like to see our people be smart enough to, to trade and get into a situation where we could get into that position. Um, yeah, instead of having one draft pick, which are nine, which will blow out to about 11 or 12, probably, um, and then having, say up to four second rounders I, I just really would rather have a, a quality pick and a quality second rounder and an upgrade of a of a rookie or something like that yeah you know, buddy um, in the chat saying uh, he doesn't know where troll fits in i think he fits in with a pick <laughs> i don't think we're giving a shit about where he fits in <laughs> yeah um, and, and I, yeah look and i think that that's the price we're prepared to pay um to get hold of a pick four, because we will definitely be get uh, really trying to get hold of one of these two midfielders. Yeah, but no, obviously we're yeah. going to have a. Sorry, Mac. Obviously we're going to have a bit more of a, 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 a considered look at this when we do our draft and trade show um, in a few weeks' time. But it, it's interesting to see what's been floated around, um, you know, up until now, and obviously once. Uh, once the grand final has been decided, then uh, there'll be a bit more scuttlebutt, I'd imagine. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is that, um, I'll get back to McAdam. Uh, I forgot to mention this before. We have asked about Petty, um, who Petty would be uh, just the right type of player to bring into our club because he's a, a guy that can play forward, he can play, guy can play back, and he's tall, and he can play footy, and he's a South Australian boy. Um and I think, you know, we I think we've made overtures for it because we're saying we want a player, not we're not a pick. We've, that's what we've said to Melbourne. We want a player, not a pick. And obviously, that's one of the players that we have nominated, and, and I think they've said no. But the thing is, we, I, 
I think it's an interesting thing. I think we've got the leverage here in the sense that you say he's uncontracted. They really do need something in their forward line. And from their point of view, where they sit, they can't use um, the pre-season draft. And if we say, look, we're prepared to let him go into the pre-season draft if you're not, if you're not prepared to cough up a reasonable uh, contribution towards uh, getting McAdam. So I would, you know, that's the way I would handle it. And uh, maybe, maybe they don't go that way and they give him something else. But I'd be, that's who I think they're targeting, trying to get targeted anyhow. The, uh, look, maybe that's where a couple of the second rounders might come in because, you know, Petty's contracted McAdam isn't, um, you know, and Petty's a required player. I mean, you could argue that McAdam is too, but, um, you know, we haven't tried that hard. Um, it's going to need Shane and something to get Petty across, I think. Yeah, and you might be right. If you, if you're, that really would be a very good deal for them if they, if they got McAdam and a, um, a second rounder for him or Petty. That would be very good. They might not want to lose him, but... Um, so we said McAdam and Hamill for Petty. Well, I'm not sure they're after uh, Hamill, but... Uh, no. Uh, look, it'd be interesting to see how good we are, you know. And sometimes, I mean, we've done very well. We um, in the last two years, I, I, did, I think we paid a, a little bit too much for Rankin, but the guys showed that he's worth what what we paid. Uh, Dawson was an absolute steal. That was a very very good negotiation that year. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> I don't think Petty is uh, a bloke we we had been targeting. Um, I think that's just sort of come up in dispatches and um, it seems to have a little bit of uh, legs to it. But I, I wouldn't have thought a, contractor, a bloke contracted to 2025 would have been someone we would have been trying to pry out. Um, uh, so, you know, perhaps there's still someone else. I, I actually am surprised that uh, we didn't get Hayward. I thought that was the, that was the one. Uh, that we were going to get. Um, you know, I was a big go for Sam Flanders and I reckon Hardwick coming to Gold Coast probably put pay to that because I think we might have been a bit of a show before Hardwick came along because I don't know whether um, Stuart Jew was a massive fan of Flanders and he had a fantastic end of the season once uh, Jew got the flick. Didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think you're quite right. I mean, if Jude stayed on as coach, yeah, I think he would have been a target, no doubt about that. But I don't think he'll be available now. I think he'd be no, very no, happy. No, no, he's just he's resigned now. That's that's off. That's oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just an update on the Brownlow: Petrarca on nineteen, Neil on seventeen, Dacos, Taranto, and Anderson on sixteen, Cripps, Bontempelli, Butters, and Merritt uh, on fourteen. So Geordie just dropping out. I, I note one of the games, Geordie had 33 touches, didn't get a vote. Sloan got 14 touches and got a vote, Mac. I can't believe, <laughs> believe that. that. That is ridiculous. And just as we're speaking, Neil back in front, this is going to be a tight one. Neil back in front on 20. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon they're both going to be run over by bloody Bontempelli, Mac. Well, I've I've rewritten off Butters. I'm I'm written off Dacos now. Uh Dacos sixteen. Yeah, but he should have he 
because he doesn't get poll in the last four or five games, he he should be getting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, it's interesting because he was red hot favourite, and I don't think he's going to win it now. Um, yeah, and uh, Butters definitely he's not definitely not going to win it. So, of the ones that were regarded as the top four chances, you've got Petrarca, and he's performing very well, and then we and he we know he does poll. Uh, Poll very well towards the end of the season as well with Oliver out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a real danger. And, um, yeah, and you think Bottom Pelly might charge home with a bit of a late charge as well because I reckon he's good for about another six threes or something like that, or close to that. So, yeah, I'm thinking that um, the original uh, favourite boys are, you know, Dacos, Butters. I think I've ruled them out now. Yeah, if I if I was to put money down at this point in time, it would be on Bontempelli, I reckon. Well, I think yeah, the odds would be tighter, but if they, but if you could get like threes or fours, I'd back both him and Petrarca. So, mate, uh, just talking about the finals as uh, as we wait for the brown loader chug along. Um, there's always one thing, in my opinion, uh, if if the Crows aren't in the finals, there is mm-hmm. nothing better than Port Adelaide going out in straight sets. And just the icing on the cake was the fact that they'd already signed Kenny on the back of his record-breaking streak. And uh, didn't they just fluff their, their lines up on that one? And to hear David Kosh on 5AA trying to, trying to explain it, and uh, tripping over himself every five seconds talking to Will and Pemba on 5AA. If you haven't heard that interview, go back to AA's website and check the podcast. Uh, it's did, a classic. I it's did. a classic. Well, you have to listen to it. You have to listen to it. Look, it was a gift from heaven. We got two gifts from heaven. <laughs> First of all, Kenny got re-signed, which means that he'll never win a flag. And then the other one is that... Uh, yeah, and we saw him in August before the final. Gee whiz! After you've been there eleven years, and then, then then they bomb out in straight sets. I mean, that is stupidity, and that really says to me that Kosh Kosh has got too much power in that club, and because what he did was illogical, absolutely illogical. From if any common sense would have said that, Kenny, what your future depends on where we end up this year, and to fail again in straight sets. I don't. I think you know. After eleven years, he's had his chance. I can't think of another coach that has been granted a two-year extension after such a record, Mac. I mean, yes, he's got a good home and away record, um, but uh, you know their mantra is that they exist to win premierships, and it was just hilarious to see Kosh backtrack on that and and talk about their home and away record and all the rest of it, um, and just absolutely ignore the fact that they are absolutely hopeless in terms of finals. Their finals record under Hinckley is atrocious. He made a fool of himself. He really did make a fool of himself. They, they actually, uh, and it's an interesting thing, Port Adelaide, I, I think they need a bit of a clean out on their, their admin level, in my, in my opinion. Um, I mean, certainly need, they've got to replace Koch. I bet he's an embarrassment, I reckon. Well, uh yeah, they're, see, they're under the same regime as us in terms of the uh, constitution, so they're basically an AFL-owned club. Um, they are. But un- unlike us, Macca, they don't have an end date. We have 2028. 
in our constitution as our end date. They don't have an end date written into their constitution. They could be AFL owned forever. Well, yeah, because and it's a subsidised club. That's why. Well, there's no mechanism in their in their constitution to um, hand it back to the members. Yeah, well, without the well, yeah, but if they hand it back to the members at the moment, they did they'd be uh, bankrupt and they'd have to yeah. wind them up. So, but so the, up fu- the funny thing about that is, mate, that they're always calling us the franchise in 2028. Hang on. In 2028, we won't be the franchise anymore because we'll be member-owned and the only franchise in town will be the blokes down the road. <laughs> they don't understand it. They do not understand that they are a franchise that is owned by the AFL. They don't mm. seem to understand it. And because the SAFL sold off both those teams um, just because of Port Adelaide was absolutely sending the SAFL broke. Wrote off 33, 000, uh, 33 million that the SAFL had in the bank subsidising that outfit. Yep. They don't know. They never talk about that. That they're just a, no, they're that's just a financial right. drain. Where will they yeah. go? Their financial drain. Yeah. The only thing they've got over any other club is they've got more tarps. Yeah, that's right. Izzy in the chat says, uh, "Do you reckon the AFC will sever ties in twenty eight? Well, Izzy, I think if the supporters demand it, it'll happen, and. Uh, Hopefully, if Crowcast is still around in 2028, Mac will be driving that just as hard as we drove the review a couple of years ago because there's no way that I want the AFL to have any any semblance of control over, over our club. And then we can actually start calling it a club. Um, then we can ha- start having some independence. We can start having some transparency in terms of who's on the board. And uh, at least then we can live and die by the sword instead of just being beholden to the AFL. Couldn't I, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah, it would be great not to be a part of one of their pawns. You know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Macca, we're one of the few clubs that self-funded through the the pandemic. We don't yep. we don't get handouts from them. We pay our own way. We're I think the fourth or fifth largest club in terms of memberships. Uh, we've done everything right. You know, we've done everything right. We drag crowds in, um, our crowds travel. Um, you know, uh, the, we have every right to be a standalone club and I hope that the uh, members and supporters get behind it uh, in the lead up to that date. Uh, we certainly won't be letting anyone forget it and hopefully we'll be able to uh, get that done. If not in 2028, then not long after that. Hopefully we'll have a bloody club rooms by then as well. Yeah, that's one thing that is bugging me is that, you know, they were hoping to have it all tied up by June and now, you know, we're heading into, uh, not far from heading into October and, we you know, we still haven't got it finalised. It's apparently, it's apparently some dicky little thing between, um, um, it's, it was a contractual thing, I think, that's holding it up with the, the SAFL and that other uh, team that the... Uh, Plays in some lowly grade. Where to, where to position them? I can't. I don't know all the details of it, but it, it's just silly little sticking points at the moment, rather than anything big. But well, it's the SNFL have the SNFL have to move, right? So that's the sticking point where they have to negotiate with the with the team that currently holds the ground that they want to move to. Yes, yes. And I can't remember the club, but. They've they've just about wiped Gazer out, so maybe they just moved to Gazer. 
<laughs> oh man, wasn't that a big, massive whack over the head for a bloody salary cap breach? Jesus, what was it, three hundred thousand or something? Yeah, they've got no chance of paying three hundred thousand. I mean, that's a big deal for a club that's been around forever, Gazer. That that's basically wiped them out. Yep. Two Adelaide Crows, two Adelaide Crows champions from that club. I was just going to raise that point. The head, yeah. Jarman brothers. Jarman boys. Uh, you wonder whether the SNFL maybe find them out of existence because they wanted their ground. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not a bad ground. It used to have a trotting track around it, but it's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my, yeah, my lads have played there, and, uh, yeah, it's not a bad ground at all. Uh, Brownlow update. Uh, what are we up to? About round 17 or something? Yeah, 16 maybe. Lockie Neal on 23. Nick Dacos, Macker on 22. Petrarca on 21. Noah Anderson polling really well, 19. Crip 17 with Bontempelli. Uh, Geordie's our best on 15. So uh going to get interesting. Well, I reckon the Dacos has only got probably three more rounds in which he... Is, have they had round 16 or are they about to start round 16? I can't tell from this feed, but I think they've had round 16. If they've had round 16, he's only got about uh, probably three maximum, four, probably more like three, because he wouldn't have got injured in the other one. So, yeah, he's only got three more lots of votes that he could, he could possibly get. So, yeah, I'm still st- sticking to he's written, he's written off. Yeah. Now, the other teams in the finals, obviously St Kilda, um, probably benefited from a pretty soft early draw that got him into a good position and then they were able to win enough games in the back half, but they were never really a threat where they make... No, I agree. Um, and then you had um, who was the other mob? Uh, Sydney, uh, who were in there by stealth and took our spot. And exactly. uh, was very happy to see them get done by the GWS Giants. Um, and uh, I wonder whether we would have done any better, Mac. Well, I think we would have played... Uh, I think it would, we would have done better than that, I think. Because uh, we were playing pretty, Well, yeah, it is speculation and, and also a little bit of bias on our part, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, um, hats off to GWS, though. I think GWS really should be playing in the grand final. If they had that, apart, you know, apart from a couple of very glaring decisions that they weren't paid in that. Uh, final quarter. Um, as usual, you uh, as usual, you jump the gun, Macca. You don't pick up what I put down. I'm going through them in order, so we'll get to GWS. Thank you very much. Good idea, mate. Good to see nothing's changed. Uh, Melbourne probably, along with Port, or I would say a bigger disappointment with Port than Port. To be honest with you, if you if if you talk about expectations, um, Melbourne. There was always a chance that at uh, the Port were going to go out in straight sets, particularly after they lost their first one to Brisbane. Uh, but Melbourne would not have been expecting that outcome. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, in fact, they didn't lose by a lot in, in either of those situations. But um, again, it was really the, the lack of uh, converting their opportunities, thing. Yeah, Um and they really do like a, a it's it's their Achilles heel, isn't it? The ability to kick enough goals. Yeah, and it's probably one of the reasons why they're interested in McAdam, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, some talk about Kajitsky from Hawthorne as well, I think, but he's ended up going... No, 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 he's got... Where is he going to? Essendon. Yeah, okay. He might be right. Uh, Lucky Neil's still on 23 with Dacos on 22, Petrarca 21. Um, Answer me this, Mac. Tex Walker had a blinder of a season, a blinder of a season, second in the Coleman. Uh, nowhere to be seen. Charlie uh, Charlie Kerno, nowhere to be seen. We, we're back yeah. to it being a midfielder's medal again, aren't we? When oh, Zach Merritt, when Zach Merritt can poll fifteen votes, and Tex Walker's on, how much is Tex on? Ten, I think. According to what somebody Marty Magic has put up here. Yeah, Texas on 10. Uh, Jeremy Cameron on 11. I don't know how that works. Um, yeah, where's Charlie Kerno? He's not in the, Bloody hell, where is it? There he is. Charlie Kerno on 8. Yeah, well, I mean, for, as you, you, you said it yourself, mate. It's a midfielder's medal. It always has been. It's, you know, they... they uh, Umpires see them right at the beginning of the game, at, you know, at the centre bounce. They see them uh, getting racking up thirty odd stats, and yeah, and they go, they go in after the game after getting booed off the ground. They go in there, they sit down. I don't know whether they do it straight away or not. And they think now who, who, who played well, and they'll just remember the blokes they saw a lot of. But it's a it's a bloody joke, Macca. This is the this is the premier uh, award in the competition for the best player in the competition, over, best and fairest over the course of the season. Yep. And we have four umpires, so they're all umpiring different parts of the ground. Why is it that a bloke like and look, don't get me wrong, Lockie Neal's had a, a good season, Petrarca's had a, a really good season, Noah Anderson's been great, but there's been a ton of other. Key position players, halfback flankers, um, defenders that have had very, 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 very important seasons for their clubs that aren't even aren't even listed here. It's ridiculous. But it's been this way ever since I can remember. Let, let, let me let let me put you put up one that I reckon is is I reckon almost the most valuable player, uh, the most important player I think. Well, there's two I could put up, and they're both defenders. Harris Andrews for Brisbane. Great player. And Darcy Moore for Collingwood. Good player. Both of of those blokes will be probably the most important, I think, in the grand final. And Harris Andrews has been a tower of strength for Brisbane over a long period of time. Where is he? He's not even on the bloody list. I'll go along with very important, but I won't say the most important because you've got to win the ball out the middle, mate. You know, that's, the, that's the key. And you've got to win it around... The, around. You also have to win it, uh, get the clearances around the ground as well. And I think that's why it is a midfielder's medal because... Um, Absolute bullshit. Well, that's your opinion. I, I have a different how, one. How, how, many, how many clean balls come out of the centre bounces? How many clean... How many clean clearances are there compared to how many times it gets hacked out of there yeah but so when it gets hacked out of there what happens 
football, then the rest of the play goes on. But That's you know, right, and that needs to be defended. But it, well, it depends what part of the ground it is too. You I mean, can get 10,000 10, centre clearances, mate, but if you don't put the score on the board, you don't win, and that's where defenders can be so important. And Harris Andrews was massive um, uh, for Brisbane, uh, and he's been massive for Brisbane throughout the course of his career. Well, as, imp- as important, in my opinion, as Neil Zorko, all those boats, as important. Look, I think, you know, if, if you're going to win a flag, <laughs> they are all equally important to some degree, you know, to some level. Um, but, I, you know, the game the game does start in the middle and it starts around the clearances. But that's just my opinion. Um, you yeah, have because yours. you're a little midget rover, that's why. Well, not midget, but I was a rover. Yeah, yeah, midget. Midget you were. A midget. Little midget rover. Little yappy little thing. Yeah, I was away yeah. there. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> Look, I, I just think I just think it's very it's very simplistic to measure uh, the best player for the season based wholly and solely on how many times he gets the ball. I agree with that. It's the effectiveness of what happens with the ball. Some 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 midfielders only need probably twenty two, twenty three touches. And they can actually be the best person on the ground because of the way they use the ball. Tim uh, Tim Taranto's got sixteen votes, right? His disposal efficiency was down. His kicking efficiency was down at around forty five percent for the season. His yeah. kicking efficiency that that Tim just Taranto, t- he illustrates your point. He is one in your favour. Exactly, I totally agree. I think he is absolutely overrated. He is terrific at getting the ball, but. He is the, uh, probably one of the worst disposers of, uh, of the ball in the in the whole competition. Well, and um, if you want to talk about that, Christian Petrarca's kicking won. efficiency isn't great either. And it was a little bit off at times, but um, you take uh, Merritt, for example. Merritt's a very good user of the ball. Dawson, generally a good user of the ball. Yeah, although... Um, Went off a little bit, Geordie. Um, he did. He did in the last two or three games. I agree with that. He but seemed to have a bit that, of a bit of a issue with his ball drop. I reckon. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. Look, and this is. The, I guess that's my point, Mac. That you can get a lot. You can get a lot of the ball, but if you don't use it efficiently, if you're not, if you're not. Um, damaging with ball in hand then and that's where I think Bontempelli's had such a good season because when he got the ball and he got the ball in the clinches quite often or up forward something yeah, happened yeah. something happened oh yeah look yeah it'd be interesting if you had, you had a choice of picking one player out of the whole competition who would you take he'd, he'd certainly be on the very very short list that you'd be looking at yeah and then if you look at a guy like Tex Walker and I'm only picking Tex out because it's an Adelaide Podcast, there's a, there's a number of players that you could put in this. If you took Texas 80 goals away from um, uh, Adelaide's season, what sort of season do we have? That's a good point. Is there anyone else that, that... There's no one else there that would just step in and, and kick those goals? No, no. Um, we would get some, but we wouldn't probably only get about half of them. You'd probably get half. You wouldn't get, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get a left foot from outside 50 on the... On the uh, on the on the dummy, that's for sure. What an unbelievable goal that was! But, I, I think that's one of the best goals I've ever seen. 
Yeah, it would must should have gone close to goal of the year. Anyway, um, speaking of which, uh, Will Ashcroft got goal of the year, and um, Elliot's brother Harry got mark of the year over uh, Riley O'Brien. Actually, uh, Hibbelberg actually took two screamers and yeah. marks this year, so he could have qualified twice for it. So I'm not upset about that. He took but a belter thought- in the gather round as well. I think it was at Norwood Over. He took an absolute hang. Yeah, he did. But Ashcroft's goal, I remember it quite clearly. He actually uh, was in midair and kicked it while he was in midair. But, um, yeah, that took a certain amount of skill and luck, I think. But I think Texas', Texas goal was just such class to actually be a right-footer, then dummy around and, and like a small small man would, onto his left and just power it through from outside 50. That's just unbelievable stuff. Well, so, so here, here, here's how I would judge it if I'm being objective and I'm probably not being 100% objective but there's probably I'd say 20 players in the league that could have kicked that goal that Will Ashcroft kicked 20 play, yeah. twenty players in the league that are streaky enough to kick that goal right? I agree, agreed I don't reckon there's more than about two or three and I can't even name one off the top of my head that would have been well, able to kick the goal that Tex kicked I was going to ask you to, to nominate anyone and any of the teams that could do that on his wrong foot and wheel around like that and do it like that. I'm struggling. I just can't think of one. And, and to me, that, that makes a goal of the year. If you've done something that no one else can do in the, in the competition, it's goal of the year, surely. surely. Yeah, uh, 100% agree with you. Oh, I think he should have got it. You know, even when Eddie won goal of the year with the one that he uh, kept in on the boundary and then... Uh, like a banana to eat, or did banana it in? He snapped it in. Yep. Like that was a really good goal, but that was probably worse of the three that he kicked out of there. That that left foot torp that he kicked. That was a similar thing where there's probably maybe only two or three blokes that could in the league that could have done that. Yep, oh, I agree with that. So you know, I Tex is, and I think even by us, Macca, and let's let's face it, he went through a lean period before his resurgence in the last couple of seasons, but uh, severely underrated in terms of his natural foot, footy ability and um, the fact that the fact that a bloke that burns the ball as hard as Tim Taranto or Patrick Cripps or even Petrarca can poll like they're polling and Tech sits there where without him we probably don't contend for finals. That's how important he is. Um, it just shows it's it's the floor in the middle. Well, look, yes, it is. Because as as we've said, it, it's not necessarily the best. It says the best and fairest, but it's really the best and fairest midfielder. It really is. When was the last time a Ruckman won it? When was the last? Has a, has a defender ever won it? Um, you know, you've got to go back to the to the Ablett days and the uh, the Dunstall days and the Lockett days to have a forward win it. Yep, yep. Um, you know, the only defender I can ever remember winning anything was Steve White from Port in the winning the McGarry. Yeah, it's rare, isn't it? It's rare. It really is rare. Occasionally, you get the odd ruckman, and it been that used to be more in the old VF, old VFL days. They got a few ruckmen uh, actually won it. Yeah, well, um, Vardy puts forward Wangadine. I guess he was playing back pocket, but he was playing a bit of midfield too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He used to. He did play. Uh, well, I thought with Porty, he was more more attacking than he was with Essendon. To, he, oh, sorry, he was playing back pocket at Essendon though. He when, was. when he won his Brownlow, yeah. 
Yeah, he was. Yeah, so Vardy's right there. Didn't think he didn't think he deserved it. No, well, I'm with you, um, but he but he got it though. So, but yeah. it's a bit like bloody train my way in that year. Oh my god, what a stinker! Oh my god, he, yeah, he's possibly one of the worst pe- people I can ever w- uh, remember winning one. Actually, mm. uh, Vardy also puts up Neil gets three votes in the game v GWS with a twenty disposal game. <laughs> uh, Charlie kicked seven. Kelly had 41 touches and Coniglio had 38. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, there's been a lot of generosity towards uh, Lockie Newell in this fight uh, in the throat. Very so much so. Very much so. He's, it, there's a lot of games where, you know, I thought he played a reasonably good game, but but not necessarily a vote game. No. He's I a, like, yeah. 23, 23 touches for a midfielder. Um, to get three, no, that's not on. Anyway, uh, so we'll keep going. Obviously, we've talked about Port. We've talked about um, Melbourne. Um, Carlton made a very good account of themselves um, this year. They, uh, you know, they uh, probably the team in the uh, in the eight that can be satisfied with or not satisfied, but like if you want to talk about honourable losses in final series, that's Carlton probably. Well, if you compare where they come from last year to what they've done this year. It's been a massive improvement, massive improvement. And uh, so they would have to be satisfied, not satisfied, because you're never satisfied unless you get the uh, the number one spot. But I'd have to say it was a, a massive improvement on the previous year and a good sign for year, for next year and other years to come because um, they're not necessarily an old team. They do have they do have a couple of old players, but of course they've got a lot of like mid-range players in the 25, 26, 27s. So, you know, they're, they're very much in, in the window at the moment. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, they've got a couple of little holes. Cripps isn't getting any younger. Um, so that's a bit of a concern. Um, you know, they've obviously got firepower up forward um, and defensively they're quite strong. So, um, you know, they've... They've got a good package, Mac, and I think they're going to be around the mark. Voss has obviously improved as a coach. Uh, they're playing for him. And I tell you what, at quarter time of the prelim, it looked like they were going to play Collingwood in the final. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, when they got the first five goals of the game, and I thought, by God, what's going to happen here? But, you know, that was it virtually. Um, just back on port, we didn't actually discuss what we think their future's like for next year, mate. Well, I don't want to talk about it just yet because I haven't finished doing this little bit. <laughs> well, we've gone so past just wait, it. just wait a little bit. Just wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, and GWS, uh, the fairy tale, obviously, and uh, that game, that preliminary final against Collingwood, probably game of the season. I think it was an absolute cracker. Well, it was. It really was, and I, you know, I still think that they were robbed, uh, GWS. I mean, for example, the, that player that got there was a collision, and uh, one of their small forwards went down. Who had been having a cracker of a game? Toby Green. And he, no, it wasn't Toby Green. Um, Toby Green got one high that he that he didn't get paid. Yeah, that, that was a free. No, this one, the uh, AFL doctor made him come off and have a concussion test. Which you could see. It oh like, yeah, I remember that? that. Yeah, 
It, it wasn't that much of a blow, but he was critical because he was actually firing on all cylinders. And well, the interesting... I don't think that's right, though, Macca, because the AFL doctor can't order them to come off. The AFL doctor advises them. And well, unfortunately, like unfortunately what happened, and you could see Kingsley going off at their doctor, at the GWS doctor, because unfortunately... Um, GWS's doctor complied with the AFL AFL doctor's recommendation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so GWS should have should have could should have ignored them the same way Port Adelaide did with Alia and the other bloke. Yeah, but you saw what happened to Port afterwards. They got the, the threat of a, the next team that does it hundred thousand fine. So um, yeah, it's just it was unfortunate. Yeah, I just thought that. GWS got, well, Collingwood got all the rub of the green and GWS, they got the reverse. Yeah, and look, you know, played at the MCG in Flannery. I mean, wasn't that crowd massive, 96,000 or whatever it was, and, um, you know, a, quite a decent representation of GWS fans under the circumstances, but bloody hell. I mean, there's, a, there's probably a case for the umpires to wear bloody the same... Ear, earmuffs that they wear at the Formula One to block out the, the crowd noise, to be honest with you. Because I defy any human being not to be swayed by that crowd noise. I mean, it's impossible, Macca. It's impossible. Well, we had eight, you know, we had 80,000 Collingwood uh, supporters and about 5,000 GWS, so you're quite right. I mean, just any decision given to GWS was met with booze and uh, abuse. And you know, and if GWS missed out on theirs, well, so what? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we go on about umpire impartiality and all the rest of it. We've got to remember they're human beings, and yes, there is some dodgy stuff that goes on and some questionable stuff that goes on. But if you want to talk about not getting not getting influenced by eighty or ninety thousand people screaming at you. I mean, that's humanly impossible. And until we invent robots that can umpire the game, that's just not going to happen. Well, exactly right. So Nick Dacos has made his run. He's on 28, but I think he can only poll in one or two more games. Petrarca on 25, Neil on 24, Anderson doing very well, 22. Critz and Bontempelli on 19, not out of it. Uh, and then uh, the rest, I think, uh, Bontempelli want to get a bit of a wriggle on now, but I think this is probably when his run starts. Yeah, what round was are we up to? I think uh, seventeen. I think we've just done seventeen. Mm. Well, Dacos could get a, another couple yet. In theoretically, I don't know whether he played well enough off memory, but um, twenty-four rounds, and he missed four last four. He was injured in the one before that. So he can get votes up to round, uh, up to and including round nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> Baxter's oh. just said on chat. Jason Horn Francis got a three vote from a game with thirteen disposals and two clearances. <laughs> you are joking. <laughs> you are joking. Oh, jeez. All right. So that we've was- done. We've done round eighteen. So we're up to nineteen now. Well, that yeah, round nineteen, and that's and I think this is the last chance for Dacos to get votes. There you go. Um, so you mentioned, you know, the the future of teams. Obviously, um, 
Collingwood and Brisbane are in the middle of their window, so that's fine. Carlton are just entering a window, I'd expect, barring mm-hmm. some sort of catastrophe, Macca, they'd be around for a while. Melbourne's an interesting one um, because they do have holes, Mac, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting because I, I think they just got too smart for themselves. You know, I think they, they if, play arrogantly. I think I think it, uh, since their premiership, they've been quite arrogant about how they've operated. Don't wouldn't you agree? Well, they were operating very well as they were, and then they got Grundy. And I, I don't think anybody who really really studied football very closely, you wonder. Max Gorn is a dominant player, and you want him in the ruck about eighty ninety percent of the time, and. Yeah. You can, you, can, you can even rest him then in the forward line if necessary to, to get a spell yep. Yep. And, and just bring up one of your forwards to do the rest of the work for ten the other 10% of the game. Yep. Getting Grundy actually set them back and, and actually uh, completely sort of changed the way they played. Yeah, and, and they carried on yeah, that experiment for quite a number of games. Too, too long, too long. And then, by the, then they tried to... You know, get other players to to play uh, to role play, um, but you know, it just yeah, they, they didn't look. If they'd gone one way right at the beginning without Grundy, I just think they would have been a lot more dangerous. Put it that way, and uh, uh, yeah, sometimes you can be you can outsmart yourself, and I think they did. I, I think so. I, th- I honestly think so. I, look, I think I, I, they don't have the same. Um, solid coverage around the ground as Carlton do in my opinion um, they're a bit soft up forward and even with the addition of McAdam we know that he has trouble staying on the park um, you know he's a mature age player um, and he's a bit flighty he can come in and kick you three but he might go missing for a couple of weeks as well I, mm. I think they need uh, they need a tall foot like Brett, Ben Brown obviously uh, was a bit of a loss going into the finals uh, he's reasonably solid but he's getting on two and he has trouble staying on the park they just lack a solid, dependable key forward, don't they? Well, Van Ruin is their future. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, uh, and I think he will be a reasonably good player in time. Um, and if they, you know, if they'd surround him with another tall as well at that particular stage rather than Grundy, in other words, a genuine forward. Yeah. Um, and that was their that was their mistake. Yeah. It, it, it really cost them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so and then Port, um, oh, I think Port are in trouble, mate. Well, Port Port are what we were when we had McLeod, Rashido, Goodwin, Edwards, Ian Perry at centre half forward. Yeah, I think you're right. That's about where I, I was going to make the same point. You know, they've got this mighty midfield. But there's not much. There's not much to get excited about either either side of it. That's the, that's the thing that they've loaded up big time on their midfield, and fair enough, you know, as as the uh, mighty um, mighty Macca says, you know, the game's won and lost in the midfield, Mac. But you know, Port Adelaide's a case in point of how that's absolutely not true. Well, if you if you, have, if you, if you that just came to me while I was saying it. Well, it, it sounds good. It sounds good. But, um, but if you have a look at when Port were successful, that's when they go on top of the midfield and they could lock it in in their forward line with repeat entries till they eventually score. 
because they don't have the individual brilliance to do it uh, like a lot of other teams can do by just by one entry. Where you you see that a lot of Port uh, games where they end up winning with just locking it across, you know, doing very well in the midfield and then just locking it in so that eventually they get a shot at goal and get a goal. Mm. Um, and th- that's because they, you know, Dixon, uh, he's not, he's not, he's not much good. Um, I mean, I'm going to say that he's always injured. He's always carrying an injury, so you never see him playing at his best, whatever that might be. Um, and then they're sent out forward. He just, when well, he had the yips for kicking for goal, I, I think, I think he's as soft as. Uh, no, nah, look, I, I mean, you know, Sam Powell Pepper is probably their bloody best forward, actually. Uh, certainly most, most consistent, but he had a stinker of, of a of a um, final series. Um, Todd yeah, Marshall yeah, had a stinker yeah. of a final series. Um, Marshall, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. You know, I, Marshall was terribly disappointing, terribly disappointing. You know, he needed to stand up, and I think he was injured. I, if he didn't have a jab, somewhere to make him kick like he did in that game I, I don't know what was going on because he couldn't kick it he couldn't he couldn't kick the ball um you know so so I don't know with port I, I mean I think their midfield keeps them in the conversation for a finals appearance macker but I actually think they've got a little bit of a reset to do with their list um, configuration to be a genuine final threat to be honest with you well, what they are doing, they, they, they're trying to uh, allure as many tall defenders as possible because they were definitely under, undermanned, undersized down back. And that's why yeah. they were always vulnerable and yeah. uh, and also lacking a little bit of quality as well. And uh, I don't know, the two guys they're bringing in are still iffy guys in the sense that uh, they can have a good game or they can play a very ordinary game. So it, it'll be a partial answer but not the total answer. I think they've missed their window. That's what I think. Well, who they got in? They got Radigalia wants to come in. Uh, who's the other bloke? Um, Zach. Uh, uh, Zach Thatcher, which who was uh, talked about with us for a while, but we weren't really interested. Um, uh, and there's one more, isn't there, that's coming in? No, no. The, the other one that they were after was Grundy, and he's not coming. That's right, yep. So, you know, oh, I mean... There's, there's one more. Jo- there's a, they've smiling us out in the chat. Jordan Sweet. He's Jordan Sweet, that's right. A Ruckman, yeah. yeah. A mature age Ruckman. Uh, goes all right, too. Probably been held back by uh, uh, probably a top two Ruckman in the comp in uh, English. So, um, you know, I, they 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 need to invest some time in their young Ruckman. That, that, that young lad, he's a bloody good Ruckman in the making, in my opinion. Um, so be interesting to see whether Sweet's just a backup situation or whether they actually favour him over the young lad. Yeah, you're uh, talking about, is that Vicente? Yeah, Vicente or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah I think Italian name, something like that. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I can see a lot of promise in that kid. 100%. I think they've found someone in Lord up forward, Mac. Will be a player. Um, he's, you know, he's a not going to be a prolific ball getter, but he's a sort of type of player, but if he can get three or four kicks, he'll probably kick you some goals. Um, yeah. That's one thing about him. And, the, I mean, the day that he kicked the, the four goals, he didn't have many other possessions, but he's dangerous enough anyhow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I don't think... Really... Yes. 
Sorry? It's just starting to tighten up in the middle, mate. It's just starting to tighten yeah, up. Yeah, no, I'm, watch, I'm watching it. Dacos on 28, Petrarca 26 now, Neil 24, Anderson 22. Pontimpelli want to get his skates on on 28-1. And uh, Young Golden, who I reckon is a Brownlow winner of the future, mate. I re- I'd almost be putting money on him for next year <laughs> on 20. Yeah. He just gets so much of the ball. Is, how good is he? Gee, yeah. I'd love to have a player like him in our side. Yeah. Um, Serves Oz talks about George Artis. He's been a bit forgotten, obviously, with his uh, long-term injury that he's had this year. Um, has been... I like, always like the look of Mitch, but has been a bit flaky, so... And always whispers about him wanting to go back to WA. And uh, with the WA teams both hanging out for a bit of forward strength, uh, there might be a bit yeah. of a lure there. He has signed on. Yeah, but for like, I'm not talking about necessarily next year, but... Uh, in in the not too distant future, um, I also agree he is flaky. I mean, he'll have a day on where he'll take a two or three great grabs, and then you'll have the games you'll think, did he play? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I, I reckon still between five and ten for Port Adelaide next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right. I don't think they'll be top four. I think well, you're right. I don't think they'll be top four, Mac, between five and ten, because you would th- they got a fairly easy draw this year. They got a fairly easy draw, and you would think that um, finishing where they did, their draw won't be that easy again. I could I could see them dropping out of the eight. Just looking at that list, Bond and Pally just flying up there, mate. Well, twenty one, yeah. No, twenty four now. Oh, okay. My thing hasn't refreshed. Let me just refresh. Yeah. It. And 26 to Petrarca, 28 to Dacos. Well, Dacos is 28. He's, he's locked in. They're going to go past him. Yeah, Dacos I don't think he can get any more. So, Montempelli uh, with the uh, predicted late run. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, St Kilda, I think, are most vulnerable um, in the uh, out of the teams in the eight. I really think that they're uh, they benefit very much from their early draw. And uh, they just, just haven't really got any star power, have they? They're just a good, solid work, work, workman-like uh, team. Uh, Ross Lyon will make it difficult to score, um, you know. But they're not going to be a threat. I, no, look, I agree with you. I, they, they've got a lot of grunt in them, but that's it, and, and um, that, but not a lot of finesse. Not a lot yeah. of finesse in. No. Um, it's a, it's a tip, 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 absolutely typical Ross Lyon team. Yeah, just a work work. The difference between the last St Kilda team that he uh, coached and this one is that last time he had a couple of absolute champions. Yes, he did. And uh, they're lacking those champions this time around. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And, yeah. and still, who you know, always been a star. He. He got injured and he came back and he was very ordinary in, in the second half of the year. Look, he might lift the, uh, get back to his uh, good form and lift them up a bit higher, but uh, I can't see them as a premiership team. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not at all. And uh, I, I dare say they don't either. They, they might be active. Um, teams out of the eight that are a threat, Macker, it's an interesting one because it was one of the most even seasons in memory, really, um, with teams all the way down to... Uh, you know, twelve still in with a hunt uh, with a couple of games to go. So there's a lot of pressure from underneath, and a lot of it, yeah. I think, will will depend on the draw. 
that teams get? Well, for a team that finished uh, where we did uh, last year, we got a shocking draw by comparison. Terrible, terrible draw. You know, if they if they don't hate Adelaide, I'll go here for Heidi. Seriously. Well, it's, I mean, it's all algorithmic, but uh, we certainly got the rough end of the stick. So you would imagine. You would imagine we wouldn't cop that two years in a row. Um, and it wasn't just about the double-ups that we had because we had double-ups against all the top four teams. Um, but it was also the venues that we played. You know, we played in every bloody regional centre known to man. If they'd had scheduled a game on Christmas Island, we probably would have gone and played there as well. Yeah, actually, an interesting thing about GWS, I think that, I can't remember whether it was 11 or 13 different grounds they played on for the year. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest threats to the eight next year are ourselves and I'm going to say Gold Coast, Macca. Well, I know I was going to say Gold Coast too. So we're, we're so far we're at one thing. You know, you can make a case for the Western Bulldogs, um, but I, my prediction is that uh, Beveridge might be gone halfway through last se- next season. Well, I think that they've got the players here to be a very good side. I don't like their coach one little bit. Um, and, I, you know, uh, no, uh, I don't think that they will be will be talking about them as premiership material at all unless they get rid of beverage. Um, I know you got a premiership going back a few years back, but uh, that was just one of those years where it all went his way. Um, but I think he, you know... the. The performance this year with the, with the team they've got, and they've got some very talented players in their side, yeah, I, I, they underperformed, absolutely underperformed. Yeah, I think so. Um, they just had that little lull. Um, yeah, who else have we got? Richmond, uh, I think, are in a bit of a rebuild, so it might take them a couple of years to contend again. Uh, Fremantle, yeah. Fremantle's list just seems a mess to me. Um I just don't like they play well at times, and other times they look like an absolute bloody rabble. So I, I think it's easy to describe in one word, thing, Darcy. When Darcy plays, they look good. Yeah, that's and when true. Because that, yeah, and uh, that means you know he's the main ruckman, and that allows the other one to play up forward. Um, and they've got good midfielders, um, but yeah, as soon as Darcy went down, they just they went. Because at that stage, they were travelling not too badly. But then when Darcy went down, no good at all. So I have to say that, in my opinion, Mac, uh, the two most vulnerable teams in the eight are St Kilda and Port Adelaide. Um, Correct. You could say say Sydney, um, but they just have a habit, don't they? And um, the two most likely are ourselves and Gold Coast. Um, So... um, yeah, we're not yeah. even going to have a debate because I agree with, with both outs and both ends. Well, the fool's gold for me for this season to offset the bad draw, the fool's gold for me is Tex. That That's what I worry about. Um, you know, he's another year older. Um, you know, every year older he gets uh, more susceptible to uh, soft tissue injuries. And as I mentioned when we were talking about uh, the relative um, value of certain players... I don't. We haven't got another forward on our books that replaces that amount of goals. No, um, we don't. You know, for uh, for us to push, 
into finals contention, we need there's there's some younger players now that have been on the list for a little while that need to now establish themselves as best twenty two. Yep, uh, I and, agree. With that. And and the head one for me is Riley Thilthorpe, Macca. Hundred one hundred percent. You're informed tonight, mate. You you're really calling it well. well that, you've uh, taken I... your you've taken your agreeing pill, so that's nice. And side of side effects include potty yeah. mouth. <laughs> oh Jesus! So you give me a hard time, mate. Uh, no, that's right. I think you struck a, the right nerve there again. That's that's the guy that's got to step up and become a really really top player, not just a, a, a good player. He's got he's got the talent. He's got the ability. He can do it. He's just, just got to believe in himself and do it. Well, I mean, let's remember it's his uh, what third season next season. Um, so, but he needs now to start influencing games. My question to you, Macca, is where do we play him? Well, fourth season, I've, fourth season. Sorry, Vardy. Yeah, this this is very contentious, but he really should be our ruckman, mate. And I'm agreeing with you on this one. And resting up forward, you know, uh, he should really be because he he'd be long term. He should be our ruck, you know. He should start, be starting it next year, and he should be the main ruckman. It's not, I know they're not going to do it because they've got O'Brien, but it just messes up the whole structure, to me, in my opinion. Because I agree with you. Riley has to develop, and the only way he's going to develop is to do it. It's very, you know, it's very much like the lad down at uh, Essendon. I mean, he was thrown to the walls when he wasn't quite ready, but he just grew and grew and grew, and just got better and better and better, and turned into a good ruckman. And that's what will happen with Philthorpe if he's given that opportunity. I agree with you, Mac. It's um, to me, it's obvious. If you've got a two hundred plus player, two hundred centimeter plus player that can play as well as he does below his knees, and has pretty reasonable disposal, uh, just with a, a you know, some decision-making to brush up on um, and tends to mark better when he's running uh, can, running up the ground. He seems to, when the ball's sat on his head, he's not so quite so good. But when, no, he's running, when he's running to the ball, even in contested situations, he does well. I just think you want a bloke like that around the ball as much as possible. That's... that's that's the main reason why I wanted to play in the ruck because I just want him involved as much as possible. Yeah, and look, O'Brien, oh, look, he is a hundred percent giver, but you know he gives a hundred percent of what he's got. But what he's got is not a hundred percent of what you really need. Um, he's, you know, he just hits the ball. He doesn't necessarily tap it to a man. He de- he doesn't take a lot of marks around the ground. He's just not. I mean, uh, when you look at blokes like English, Marshall, they 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 they're an extra player around the ground as as, as apart from being a, a very good ruckman. So yeah, and that's it. That's what we want the Thorpe to develop into an English and a Marshall. That's what we want. And what we haven't seen a lot of as a result of him being played up forward so much, we haven't seen a lot of Thorpe behind the ball, Mac. You know, getting into defensive positions and and taking defensive marks, and uh, you know, he needs to be that guy that can come in and play a tall position. You know, drop into the hole, 
um, at critical times. I, I just, it, to me, I don't expect him to have a standout champion season, but I expect him to take a very good step. Um, and well, I that, hope that the club, yeah. I hope that the club release the shackles, take him out of that forward zone, and play him uh, in the in the middle. Um, at least for long periods of time. And what that means for Raleigh O'Brien, I don't know, particularly if we do get Troll in uh, Macca because Troll is a capable second ruck slash forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think what would happen is O'Brien would still be in the 22 next year, but um, I would think that if it went to plan and um, they did actually give Phil Thorpe a very, very good opportunity during during the whole of the year, there would be a situation that uh, we might even get to the point where we could trade Riley O'Brien. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've got... Um, you know, I, I would have even been in favour of playing um, Elliot with, um, with, uh, as a backup to Riley, to be honest with you, particularly with Elliot's second half of the season form, very good ruck work in particular, Good enough, and I don't. I don't think any. I think between Troll and, and Elliot's best, there's not a lot of difference. Um, the trouble is they're both flaky as hell, and you can't rely on them. But as second options, they're not bad. And I think enough with Riley playing up forward, uh, Riley playing in the ruck, to be able to consider letting Rob go. Yep, totally agree. Yep. Um, the other blokes that I think need to stand up, if given the opportunity, Macca, if given the opportunity, is um, Lukey Pedler needs to have a massive off-season to build that now, tank. Pedler, yeah, yeah, now Pedler, he really does have to have a huge off-season and I don't know whether the club's got any particular schedule for him or just letting him do the normal thing. I would be sort of arranging something very special for him to build up his tank because he should be an on-baller next year. He should be in the middle. Yes, well, I mean, it, this begs the question, and we'll get to that in a minute, about opportunity, because there's a few blokes that need opportunity. We've talked about Lukey Pedler. We need to talk about Joshua Shelley, who's another one, I think, that now that he needs to now step up. Um, but will they get the opportunity, Mac? I agree, and, and Rochelle must get that same opportunity as well. They must, yeah. That's, They're all good and just up to twenty six votes. That's that's massive. And, and so is Bob and Pelly. It's just happened. There's, I tell there's you three what, Errol Gordon could Gordon could absolutely swipe this. He just might. He just might. There's hell. There's twenty eight day causes hanging in there, and there's a round to go after this. Bob um, and Gordon and Petrarch all on twenty six. My God. Lockie Earl just got three. Hang on, what does that do? That puts he's him leveled. equal. That puts him equal he's, with he's uh, Dacos. My Godfather, this is and a Zach, good game. Zach Butters is uh, snuck up too. Yeah, he comes Zach Butters he on twenty-four. Yeah, well, he can't win it. Of course, there's only one round to go. Yeah, um, no, no, no. But, uh, that's, but you've uh, got a situation now that you've got equal joint winners at the moment and three guys that could snipe him. Oh, my God, this last round is going to be huge. Have they finished the counting of the second last round? Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. This this is a classic. Yeah, golden oh, out that, of the clouds. Yeah. God, he's good, that boy. I mean, 
His, his athletic ability is unbelievable. He had a good. Who did they play in the last? Who did they play in the last round? They had a. He had a good game in that last round too. Didn't I think. He? I, I think he did. I think he did. This, he could be the. Uh, what is that? What is the, what is the three of them got? Three. Oh, God. Um, anyway, while we're waiting for that, um, Saligo is another one um, that needs to get time. Um, I think Rankin's another one that needs to get time in the middle. Um, yep. You know, it's such a shame that we're not talking about Harry Schoenberg um, because uh, he would have been another one. Um, but I. I really worry about him now with that Achilles, mate. He's, a, he's got a year on the sidelines potentially and coming back from an Achilles is not easy work. Yeah, well, um, yeah, it is sad about that because does that mean he won't play at all next year? Well, I mean, it, it remains to be seen, but a ruptured Achilles can be that long. Yeah, he didn't need it because he was actually finding form, sadly. Yeah, and, uh, you know, potentially a year on the sidelines, um, losing all that fitness because he can't do anything. Um, you know, it's going to be a long way back for him, unfortunately. Um, Sam Bear is the other one um, that wouldn't have enjoyed Matt Crouch's extension. Um, Barry went backwards, unfortunately. Um, he, I, watched, I did watch the uh, SAFL finals that the Crows were in, and... Again, I thought Barry played reasonably well, actually. Um, kicking let him down on occasions. Um, slightly better with his kicking, but, yeah, I just don't think he's going to be the long-term answer, thing. No, well, you keep saying that, um, and I keep disagreeing with you, so let's not argue about it. Um, but I don't know whether he'll be the long-term answer at Adelaide because I don't think he's going to get the opportunities, to be honest with you. I think the other boys have got more talents, overall talents, uh, more all-round talents. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, Barry's got fantastic aggression and all that type of stuff, and um, and he's a good tackle, etc., etc. But we need movement of the ball, mate. You don't know what you're talking about. Sam Berry will run through contests much better than Matt Crouch ever will. He's got a solid core. He runs through contests all the time. He runs through congestion all the time. It's just, it's absolute bollocks what you're saying. Well, we will always disagree on that, so I'm well, not no, going to get just into that. You just need to go back and watch some footage and remind yourself well, because you're talking from, uh, you're talking, you're allowing your um, love of Matt Crouch to blind your opinion of Sam Berry. <laughs> nah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm yeah. judging. And I'm judging Barry on his own. Now it's going to get interesting for the next three games because it's better what's left coming up. So yeah. who? I, I'm not watching it. So well, give us, Sydney Swans. Sydney Swans and Melbourne is a good one. Sydney Swans, Melbourne. Jeez, that guy has got up to 27 votes. Bloody hell! Yeah, Jesus. Gordon got one vote. So he Didn't he have up, like forty touches or something in that yeah, last so game. He, so he's up to twenty-seven, I think. What he's the hell? Rich got yeah, Gildan's twenty-seven. Rich got uh, two, and Viney got the three. So Petrarca can't win. That's one scene off. 
Now we've got the Western Bulldogs. Geelong. Lob got one. This is the big one. Liberatore got two. Is it going to be the Bont? They're holding it. They're holding it. It's Bont and Pelly. 29. He's wow. be the winner. Now, uh, what games have got to come? Any more games? Brisbane Lions versus St. Kilda. So, Lockie Neal. Can Lockie Neal do it? Kitty Coleman got one. Good player, that boy. Beautiful kick. Neal will be best on ground, I reckon. Uh, Wanganeen Miller got two. Whoa. And coming. They're holding. They're holding. <laughs> and Lockie Neal got three and wins it. Wins it by one. Um, but no, I, I do not reckon he was the best player in the comp for the year. There you go. Let me just let me just read you something, uh, Macca. Errol Gilden, final round against Melbourne. One hundred and forty-two fantasy points. He had forty-two touches, twenty-seven kicks, fifteen handballs, five marks, and a tackle. He kicked two goals. Oh, look, he I saw the he game. Kicked, he was just on ground. And he, he was And he got uh, 572 metres gained, and he got one vote. Yeah. One yeah. vote. That's Andrew McLeod levels of ripped off. Oh, Andrew got three games in a row at the end of the season. Last three oh. games he got cheated. Bloody hell. So, Lockie Neal, well, I, you know, as I say, I watch every game, I would say that he'd had a reasonably good season. I didn't think it was a Brownlow medal season. No, I didn't either, to be honest with you. But he, but he beat some very good performers. It just goes to show that Dacos would have bolted in without injury. I've got to say, I'm very, very disappointed for Marcus Bontempelli. I yep. actually... Like, if you have a look at his last, what, six games, two, nothing, three, nothing, two, three, probably didn't poll as well as what you'd expect. A couple of those twos could have easily been threes, I reckon. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely stiff, not to be at least a joint But bloody Gordon should have, I mean, Gordon wouldn't wouldn't have won it, as it turns out, but... uh, Jesus, that sort of a, that's that's an Andrew McLeod game for one vote, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that was a very good count. I've got to say that very, very good teach count there at the end. And uh, look, all good players, um, but Neil's just a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, you can't argue with any of the the uh, top half a dozen. Jack Viney is probably a bit of a surprise. Um, being as high, had, uh, had, had did have a very good year though, uh, and uh, he got a lot of votes when uh, Oliver was out. Yeah, I guess. So let's have a look at Adelaide's tally. So Geordie Dawson ended up with twenty votes. Rory Laird yeah. also with twenty votes. Um, Tex Walker with sixteen. I just don't understand. 
Like the thing with the thing with this voting with Texas is that he gets it, like he had one, two, three, four best on grounds and two second best on grounds. But how many times would he have been like worthy of one vote? Plenty of times in those games. Um, and then it yeah. tails off quite dramatically. Mac Rankin at seven, Fogarty at three, O'Brien at three, Keys at two, Sloan at two. I can't recall Sloan's. Yeah, who's, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. Fogarty yeah. at three, Keys yeah. two, Sloan two, Philthorpe two, Smith one, and Saligo one. And I think this is this is probably where my worry sits. Um, and I know this isn't an indicator, but it just it probably does illustrate that. Um, you know, there's still a gap between our our senior veteran players and our juniors. And this is where I think, you know, you've got blokes like Pedler and Saligo and Rochelle. Um, you know, they've still got some miles to put in the legs. Um, there is a danger for us to tread water next year, I reckon, or even depending on Texas form to go a little bit backwards, Mac. Yeah, there is. Um because of the senior player situation. But you would hope that uh, blokes like Saligo and uh, Phil Thorpe, uh, Pedler, etc., that they would go to another level, um, not the ultimate level, but to another level. Um, because it, it is a situation with, with, with teams that when they're with young players, you know, they, they every time they add another 10, 20 games onto their uh, list, of, well, they should be improving to another level. So yeah. um, I would hope that, and I think, you know, um, yeah, I mean, Rankin, he was good for us, but I think he could do even better. Oh, I think I uh, think Rankin's season was actually a little bit underrated, Mac. Um, I think the thing, that su- the thing that surprised me about Isaac was his hardness around the contest. He um, is. That's something that I didn't expect to get from him. I thought we were getting a streaky goal kicker. Um, but he um, he really uh, impressed me with his work around the ball. Well, yeah, I think you could use him a, a lot more on the ball, actually. Uh, Rochelle, uh, yeah, he, he's got to go to another level, um, and I think he can. Um, Saligo, I think he, he's a guy who keeps improving each year. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I would love to see us be able to recruit... recruit uh, a good backman because we unfortunately our best backman's not going to be available till much much later in the year. Um, I, I just think I I know we there's probably no one on the market anymore, but geez, it would be nice to have another twenty four, twenty five year old midfielder. Oh bloody hope it would! It really would. Which you is crying get a out, for, crying out for one. Yeah, just uh, a little point. What did you think of uh, the re-signing of Sloan? We already talked about all of that. Yeah, I was just I was going to uh, line it up with Boke for Port. It's like Bambi in each side, I reckon. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to be the one that shot Bambi. Yeah. Well, they haven't re-signed Boke yet, have they? Well, I think what they've done is you know, Boke's been so long he wants to play on next year wants to play on next year Paul finally come out and said that they've offered a contract to Boat and Boat's response to that has been is that I'll have to go away and think about it for a couple of weeks that, that, that tells you very clearly he's been told he's been offered bugger all money 
and he's been told there's a chance that you could be uh, not more, not just the sub, you might even be playing Sandville next year as well if necessary. I reckon that, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, he, he wanted a contract, he'd been offered a contract, so it's obviously on poor money and uh, not going to be necessarily on the ground all the time. So that's very we, different. To how, that's very different how we've treated Rory. Oh no, we will. We treated our BNB too nicely. I think. You um, know, you could you could you could you could say that Port have handled that situation reasonably well, considering Travis wanted to play on. Um, you know, they've basically, you know, forced him to make a decision. You can play on if you like, but it's going to be on our terms, not yours. Whereas, in my opinion. Sloan has been allowed to play on on Sloan's terms instead of the clubs. And that's the key yeah. difference, Macca. Well, that's what we see on paper, and I hope it's not that. But, I mean, that, it's certainly the impression you get. But um, Sloan should realise him, and he was made sub probably, what, three times? Sloan's, the end of the year? We're not going to have this long conversation about Sloan again because we've done it to death. The comparison between Boke and Sloan... Is, I think I think I think that Port have done done it better under the circumstances than Adelaide have done. Oh, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's joined us. Uh, we had under the circumstances a pretty good um, viewing audience. Uh, thanks to everyone on YouTube who have lobbed in, and also the uh, dozen or so on Discord who came in and had a listen if you're listening during the week don't forget to give us a like and subscribe on youtube or a review on itunes mac uh we've got i reckon a couple to go we'll probably have a have a rest until um the uh draft and trade period but to round off let's just spend a couple of minutes talking about the grand final coming up because i think it's going to be a it's it's my personal view is it's either going to be a belter or it's going to be an absolute blowout, and it all depends on which Brisbane turns up. It's an interesting situation, isn't it? Because if you line up the two teams, apart from the fact that Collingwood have got the, the home ground, the home ground advantage, and they've got to have the, the crowd advantage, and probably get an umpiring advantage. But if you if you just line the two teams up purely as teams, to me, Brisbane have got so much more talent than Port than uh, Collingwood have. Oh, Collingwood have gee, a, really. Yes, I think in actual pure talent. What Collingwood really? got, yep. What Collingwood got is very dedicated players that give a hundred percent, and they never ever give up. Never, never ever give up. They just keep going and going and going, and that's what's won them so many games. Not by necessarily uh, being the best skillful team out there, but just by sheer persistence and effort. And uh, I mean, like a bloke like Markov probably wouldn't get in most other sides. Um, he certainly wouldn't get in Brisbane's side, oh, for but Brisbane, Brisbane's got Markovs. I mean, Collingwood oh, have got oh. a lot of talent, Mac. They've got the two Dacos boys. They've got Jamie Elliott up front who can kick goals from anywhere and win things off his own boot. They've got um, Jordan Ngoi, who had a, a fantastic match uh, against GWS. Um, that, yeah, they've, 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 I agree with a comment, no, no, a comment in the chat, which is exactly what where I was coming from. That the Lions have got the better midfield and they've got the better forward line. You look at Collingwood's forward line now. McStay was the difference between winning and losing. 
against the Giants, and he's out injured, so he won't be playing. And I just think the Collingwood are light on up forward. Um, I know that they, they, it is very hard to beat Collingwood because it's a team where not one, not two, but the whole 22 give 100% all the time. There's nobody ever doesn't try uh, in Collingwood, and uh, they will, their effort will be 100%. Now, if Brisbane can actually match that effort, then they've got, I think they think they've got more talent and they can win the game. That's, that's how I see it. Mm. But uh, I think they definitely have got better players overall if you just line up every line, every position, etc. Now, that, that doesn't mean to say that Collingwood haven't got some winning positions. I just think that on balance, Brisbane have got more. It's an interesting call, Mac. Um, I look, I can I can agree with certain aspects of what you're saying. They're definitely a, a hard-working team that never gives up and never stops running. Um, probably one of the hardest-running teams, along with GWS, probably in the comp, which is why that preliminary final was such a classic. Um, because yep. neither team stopped at any point. Um, mm. I think you've got to give Collingwood a lot of credit for actually getting past GWS's midfield. Um, because GWS's midfield was on song in the final series and probably for the last half a, half a dozen games of the year. And um, that I, I would rate the Giants' midfield probably second to Collingwood's in strength at the moment. Um, so I don't know, mate. I, um, I, the, the, problem, the problem with Brisbane for mine is that they, and we saw it in the first quarter against Carlton, they can be scored against very quickly. If you take Harris Andrews out of the equation, they can get scored against very, very quickly, mate. Because their midfield isn't that fast. Uh, no, it's not. I agree with that. Um, but they they do have, uh, even then when they take their main blokes out of the centre, they've still got a lot of others that can fill in there very very neatly. That I mean, Collingwood really, Degoe almost carried Collingwood over the line, didn't he? Um, he was outstanding in the middle. Of, no, to go, he'd gone off injured or something like that. No Collingwood, that's for sure. Um, no, I disagree but, with that. Well, I, I thought he was absolutely dominant. Um, he was dominant, but that doesn't mean to say that others wouldn't have been had he not been there. Yeah, but, but well, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm just saying that I, I think uh, if you line up the players individually, I just think overall more talent in Brisbane but that doesn't mean to say they will win the game it'll be because they have then have to match that that, that absolute the dedication and determination that exists in every Collingwood player so that's where it sits whether if Brisbane can bring it out and match that then they'll win the game because they've got yeah, well, the talent that, that's uh, my um I, I I'm picking Collingwood easily to be honest with you um, because I don't trust Brisbane uh, at all. Um, I don't agree with your talent assessment. Um, I do agree with your statement about Collingwood's uh, work rate. Um, for Brisbane to have any chance to win, uh, they have to have the right mindset, and that includes the coach, Macca. And uh, there's probably a few doubts about Fagan's coaching ability in tight situations, given that it's taken them three or four goes to get to the GF. Um, so I think on balance, um, I'm thinking the Collingwood Magpies get up comfortably. Well, uh, I think that most people will be picking Collingwood, but um, 
I'll stick with what my belief is that um, I believe that Brisbane, and I know that Brisbane have only won one of their last 18 at the MCG too, which is not a great thing to recommend them as well. So, uh, whereas, you know, for Collingwood, it's just their home ground and they, where they play every year, all year. Um, but in spite of that, I still think that there is enough talent in Brisbane if they can actually put it all together, and it is an if, if they can put it all together and match the physicality of Collingwood, then I think they can win the game. Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm going to select them on the basis that they will. But I could well be wrong. There you go. I'd be interested in the uh, comments during the week, Mac, who, uh, who's barracking for who. Uh, I'd certainly be barracking for Brisbane because you always got to barrack for the in-state team or the non-Victorian yes. team, I should say. Um, so I'll certainly have my Lions scarf on. My uh, my folks up there in Queensland, they'll be barracking for the Lions and the Broncos. So uh, they're either going to have a very good or a very bad week. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, they had a pretty good weekend last weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll have my Lions uh, beanie on, that's for sure. So uh, we will see. Uh, and as I mentioned, we will be back with um, our next podcast coming up to the uh, trade period which is I can't remember the dates but uh, keep an eye on the socials and we'll post up uh, what date that is and we'll have a bit bit of a deeper dive back into the squad and what the permutations are and uh, a little bit more uh, of an informed analysis than tonight tonight's little chat although tonight's been good as well and I'm sure there'll be a bit more uh, 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 you know stuff in the wind by the time we get together again yeah, I think that's the difference. Uh, at the moment, everything's sort of being under wraps because everybody's waiting for the grand final to be out the way. And after that, then I think we'll be on for young and old and there'll be stuff coming out the woodwork everywhere. Beautiful. All right, thanks to everyone who's joined us tonight. Uh, stay safe and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Good night, everyone. Okay, good night all. Good night.